Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. Hey, we're live. We are live. <laughs> well, we're live on the on the computer and the iPad. Hey, welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Darren Mitchell here on this. Well, I can't say it's a beautiful Thursday because it's a very, very dull, overcast, cool day. However, uh, hey, it's been four months since I had a conversation with a great man by the name of Frank Grillo. <laughs> and I've got to say that the, uh, the drums have been beating and the masses have been... Uh, Sending feedback to say we've got to get Frank back on the podcast. So uh, it is a pleasure to welcome the great man Frank Grillo back on to the Exceptional Sales Leader podcast today. So Frank, thank you for joining and thanks for accepting my invitation. <laughs> Darren, it feels like, feels like forever since we've done this, mate. But there's one thing I know for sure. I cannot do an intro the same way you do, mate. That is an amazing intro. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome, I don't, I don't know how amazing it is, I am, but anyway. Well, it's it's it has been based on sheer volume of feedback and the <laughs> the, the masses demand that we get uh, Frank back on other podcast. So you, uh, I must say this is this is only the second interview that I've done <laughs> on the podcast. And oh, first so and second. Frank is Frank is first and second. So it must Humbled. be something in there. So mate, um great great to have you back. And Thanks, uh, as you said, it's been four months since we mm. since we last connected on the podcast and that I got to say that was really well received in terms of uh, the episode, lots of downloads, lots of feedback. So um, thank you for sharing such, such gold. So I thought today, as we've talked about before we started recording, we'll just kind of have a, um, have a fireside chat. And for those of you who are not going to necessarily watch the video before we jumped on, we were talking about how we can use zoom and the immersive components of zoom. And we actually had a fireside (laughs) chat happening with a fire background, but um, we realized that it's, probably not conducive to a good, uh, good video experience. So we've, uh, we've gone back to the <laughs> old, just the face-to-face conversation. <laughs> so Frank, as I, um, I guess as a precursor into, into today, can you just give us a bit of a, a bit of a rundown of what's, what's been happening in the last four months? What's been like a key highlight since we last spoke? And has there been a, a key challenge you've had to face over the last um, four months? Yeah, thanks, Darren. Um, yeah, look, the last four months have definitely been in the in the sales land in our industry and in in new housing. It's been um, it's been great, and, and to say the least, it's been the last sort of twelve to eighteen months. We've had uh, you know some government government incentives as well that's helped the industry along, and um, we've uh, we've um, you know succeeded from it, which has been great. And the salespeople are having a, a grand old time. I guess the same as our chat last time, Darren. I mean, pivoting pivoting from when I mean, we just came out of a, another lockdown and. Um, and credit to the sales team, and I'm pretty sure there's heaps of sales teams out there from other industries where um, we, 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 were, we were able to manage to pivot really successfully into lockdown for two weeks. Appointments didn't skip a beat. Sales didn't skip a beat. Um, and I think, yeah, the preparation from sales teams now, I think other industries as well, just understanding that this is a new norm and you know, snap lockdowns, as they, as they call it, can happen again. To have yep. a sales team that's, that's able to, um, to manage that and quite swiftly and quickly is, um, has been amazing. Some of the challenges, I mean, outside of, um, you know, obviously there's a timber shortage in the, in the, in the building game, but out, outside of that, I mean, the challenges in the sales um, leadership and even the sales um, person game is still, is still around, you know, the, the relationship between sort of um, the sales rep and the business, um, you know, challenging conversations is still always one that, you know, generally, generally comes up. Um, that'd be probably the only ones that's come up in the last four months, I think. 
Yeah, cool. It's interesting because I talk to a lot of uh, a lot of industry leaders and a lot of sales leaders across multiple different industries. And what's really fascinating in those conversations is, for many of them, as you've just alluded to, it it re- that business really hasn't skipped a beat. It's it's just been business as usual, and in some cases, actually ramped up because they've been mm. able to really focus their attention and, and deliver some significant value. And yet, for others, it's been really really difficult to uh, not necessarily be able to pivot and mm. be able to embrace the uncertainty that that's happening in that particular marketplace. If you mm. look back on the way that your team has been able to adjust, what do you think the the key lesson is? Certainly, from a sales leader's point of view, that mm. you've been able to get out of like the recent occurrences, particularly here in Victoria. Um, look, the one thing I can, I can think of right now is um, your preparation. I think the team is really prepared um, and, and understands the two types of selling as well, whether it's, and what we've managed to do is to combine the two types of selling um, with similarities. So taking away what's different, it's, it's moving from face-to-face to virtual. And what the team's done with that is sort of had the, um, you know, the attitude of, oh, well, we're just, uh, we're just doing it online. And and being and being able to and being able to have that attitude shift and and to be honest, Darren, I mean, I mean, we speak about mindset so many times, and it can be something really quick to discard sometimes and say, oh yeah, you just need to have a good mindset. It's it's massively important, and um, we've been lucky in our business to have a sales team that's got a great mindset. They're all strong and understand um, how to change and how to change from. On you know from um, in-person selling to online selling, and then their mindset is quite sharp and confident as well because nothing changes, everything's still familiar. That's yep. been really pleasing. Yeah, no, it's really good. I, I noticed you mentioned something there around in terms of preparation, and it sort of begs the question because one of the things we kind of alluded to before we jumped on the recording was uh, planning, and certainly mm-hmm. from like the business's point of view, what's the what's the view now on planning and forecasting? Because I know from my own experience being in corporate like a short-term plan used to be something like six months or 12 months and a long-term plan used to be like five years beyond. Now I know that in the, the times we're facing right now, mm. that's actually compressed significantly. What are you finding in, in your business and what's your approach to, to planning in that regard? Yeah. I think if, if we were in isolation to talk about sales performance and results, I think, I think in our industry, we're still, we're still on a monthly basis and we're able to have those, um, uh, those monthly, KPIs, if, if we want to call them, and, and results based on the inquiry still coming through. So yep. we're still getting enough opportunity. And when you've got enough opportunity in your marketing departments and the business does well, wet. And then even, even um, you know, not to take too much away from it, even the general public being okay with still inquiring while being in lockdown too. So everyone getting used to this is just the new norm. Mm. Our inquiry level hasn't dropped. So therefore, forecasting still, still hasn't changed. It's still monthly. Um, and then we still look at... Uh, in a uh, quarterly basis, and then obviously a financial year. So it's just it's just business as usual with the forecasting for us. We've been quite lucky; it hasn't really affected it at all. Okay, so short term is is what for you guys? Like six months, three months, or more immediate than that in terms of what three months this month? Okay, yeah, three months. I mean, you got you're going to have you're always going to have your tasks, your monthly tasks, as we, as you would in sales, and what's going to make you successful in this month, yep. and your and your and your actions and attitudes that lead up to it. So they're yep. they're, they're constant. They're, they're they're what we speak about in every catch-up, in every one-on-one, in every week. And then you're, you're always going to review the end of the month, as we always do, and that's, that's pretty immediate. And that's, uh, and that's sometimes hard to change immediately. So you, you're, you always have to have that body of work behind you. And, th- and that's when you get into that well, three-month block. So a three-month block, you should have an, enough momentum behind you and enough of those good actions and attitudes to get the result, not only for the month, 
Um, because sometimes you may miss a month, but you really need, if you look, look at it in that three-month block, all the attitudes and all the tasks that you're doing in the, um, in, in the meantime should lead up to a really successful quarter. Absolutely. And it's a really good point because often when we talk about, uh, well, it depends on the type of business we are talking about because mm. a lot of businesses have a shorter sales cycle and then big corporates tend to have really long sales cycles, which could mm. be significantly more than a quarter, sometimes they're years. But for all intents and purposes, in most industries, it's what we do on a quarterly basis that will start to uh, reap dividends or reap rewards in the following quarter and a quarter after that. So mm. what you said is really important there and that it's the activity we put in place today in June mm. as we finish this financial year that potentially is going to start playing out in September, October, November. So yeah. it's the momentum that's then generated that will deliver those results in the, in the medium term or the short term as we refer to it being three months. Yeah. So with that, um, what, what's been some of the, I guess with, with lockdown, you mentioned you didn't really skip a beat because you're on, on the virtual. I'm really, uh, really curious about your approach to engagement within your team and how important mm. is it? Because I know you're a very personal type person. You love to be face-to-face. Mm. And I know that when we can't, we can't see people because of the restrictions, yep. you've got to do it a different way. So yeah. what's your, what's your, what have you found over the last, say, three weeks in particular uh, how have you had to change and what's, what's important to you from a, from a leadership position around visibility? You mean, you mean when we're in lockdown, when we go to virtual? Yeah. So you've been forced into not being able to see your team pretty much yep. face-to-face yep. Okay. The, last, the last three weeks, even though, yep. as you said, you haven't skipped a beat because sales mm. kept going. Yeah. I think uh, to touch on it, I think we touched on it um, in the last one as well, a little bit about, I mean, it's horses for courses. Every, every salesperson has, you know, what they like to do. I mean, I've got one salesperson that um, uh, online, we get the best, we get the best outcome and we're laughing and joking around. Um, and then the, uh, and then the, the sales tasks and the, um, and the, and the attitude and the, and the KPIs come in, a, in an email format because this particular person is like, is okay with that. And to break the ice in uh, and make us both calm and, um, and, and effective is, is literally a, a half an hour, 45 minute of sort of calming the nerves and having a bit of a chuckle about, you know, the, the, the goods, the bads and the uglies. Um, but, then, but then again, my, I've got another salesperson where we, we really, what we've learned is, is that um, this specific person wants to a uh, 15 minute quick synopsis of where am I low? Where am I high? What do I have to do? See you later. Yep. And, um, and, and, and it's really about me checking that that's still okay. And not just, not just, not just taking that as the first answer of, yeah, just a 15-minute chat's okay or just laughing and having a good old time is okay for half an hour because there's still outcomes and results that we still need to get. But it's about how, how, I, can, how I can try and tap into what the salesperson that I'm working with is really responding to. If it is a quick, short, sharp message and preparation, as we said before, I mean, preparing before every one-on-one, which I've probably sort of not, not had to do for a while, but now with lockdowns, I've, I've put that into my um, into, into my week more often yep. is I never really prepared for a one-on-one, but now I am because if you're in lockdown, you do need to do it differently. And um, I need to think about which sales rep I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to and dealing with and prepare 10, 15 minutes for, for, for that one-on-one. Yep. So that's how I've had to sort of attack that. And I know that you're a regular, I mean, you're very disciplined around the time you invest in your team and you recognize mm. that mm. 
your team ultimately does become a reflection of you. So you know the importance mm. of investing in them. And I, and I do know you have regular, regular one-on-ones. Yep. How important is it? And if you, were, if you were to give advice to a sales leader that perhaps is starting out, who mm. is new into the sales leadership game, irrespective of their, I guess, their industry, in relation to leading their team effectively and being visible, what sort of advice would you give somebody who is just starting out in relation to you know, leading their team and being visible? Um, oh, being, being visible and being, um, uh, I mean, approachable is massive, but being visible and being out there with your team for me, it's definitely something that I see as the number one key. Um, I think it's way different when you, when you're in front of it, when you're in front of a team member in, in their, in their field as well, in their working environment, there's, there's different things that come up. You have different conversations. It's a, it's a, it's a comfort for the salesperson as well that you're in their environment. Um, they're, they're in control because we're talking about their, 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 their sales landscape. Um, so yeah, definitely face-to-face is, is, is something that I, I hold dearly. Um, and you're right. Yeah. I always love the, the face-to-face interaction, Darren, you know that, um, but it works for me, it works. And, and more importantly, it, it has to work for the salesperson. So, um, and, and face-to-face I've found having those chats and having that, um, if we're talking about with vis- visibility with sales leader and a sales rep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and when I say constant, um, you know, interaction, it doesn't mean that it has to be daily. It doesn't mean that it has to be, you know, two, three times a week, but it has to be, again, not to take too much light away from it. It has to be as per that sales rep wants. So what I do a lot of Darren is I do a lot of checking in with my team to see what that means to them. I could yep. tell you off, 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 off the, off the top of my hand um, who wants to see me a lot in the week because I ask, yep. I ask if they, if they need that from me, I've got people that need to see me on a weekend in an appointment um, and, uh, and I'll sit there and, and, and do that with them as well. So definitely, definitely finding out what the preparation and what I need to do with each sales rep. Yeah, that's cool. And is, is there been a, has there been a, a person who you've seen and you've modeled that off that you've learned and, and maybe it was when you were a sales rep, you know, many years ago that yep. was that type of person that showed you the model of excellence that you've now taken forward and, and utilized and paid mm. forward to your team? Um, no, I'd probably have to say, Darren, I think, I think I've learned it from, um, you know, the mistakes I made in the first probably 12, <laughs> 18 months. Um, yeah, I, I, I probably, I probably have a lot of my learnings from the first 12, I, re, I would say the first 24 months of doing this job, yep. um, as a sales leader, I think I've learned, um, when I, when I, when I moved to finding more out about the salesperson rather than having a preconceived idea of what sales management looks like or sales leadership looks like when I've catered that for the individual. Um, I just, I, I had amazing um, results from it and the results that I had as a sales leader not, on, on, on the scorecard was, was always there. Yeah. Um, it was never, never an issue. Um, it was, it's, it's, it's ironic that the sales were still there and I wasn't performing well as a sales leader, but what changed and what I would think went to another level was we'll manage to get the number and then more because now the sales team are a lot happier and with the happier sales team, obviously they're, they're, they're selling more. So the learning was from the mistakes I made initially in the role where um, I, I only had one or two different ways of doing things. And then slowly what I learned was through different people. So my salespeople taught me um, change the way you're leading because yep. you'll get more out of me. And then yep. I'll just continue to do that now. And what you're saying there without putting words in your mouth is you're not a, you're not a cookie cutter leader. A person who understands the different personality types in your team, and you'll know that some people will be a little bit more demanding 
of your mm. time than others. Yeah. And it may well be that for some sales guys, you might only need mm. to see them once a fortnight, but that's enough. Mm. But when you do see them, it's quality. Yeah. So it's a really important point because I've I work with a lot of sales leaders who who unfortunately think that when they're a sales leader, they've got this uh, I guess exalted status that comes mm-hmm. with the the position, and too many of them are sucked into what I call the vortex of managing managing upwards. It's yeah. it's the cadence reporting. It's the senior mm-hmm. leadership type meetings to say this is what we're forecasting, and every mm-hmm. single moment we should be thinking about is this the very best use of my time right now. Because when you're not spending time with your team, you're not necessarily adding value. Now, it doesn't have to be. You have to, don't have to be micromanaging and certainly don't have to be there for no. every single moment of the day. But visibility cannot ever be underestimated. And this is one yeah. of the key messages for all sales leaders that you don't need to have necessarily an agenda, but you just need to be visible. Now, in your mm-hmm. case, because I know a lot of your guys are out in display homes, you need to be visible in some case. Now, you're you're sitting there right now in a beautiful display home and behind you, you've got some wonderful plants and a nice mirror. <laughs> um, now, you couldn't have done that two, three weeks ago, but the visibility factor cannot, cannot be underestimated because what your team is looking for and most mm. sales teams are looking for is they're looking for a leader who they can respect yeah. and who they can trust, who they yeah. know are going to be there for them. Now, I'm not sure whether you talked about this in the, in the previous uh, conversation we had, but our sales teams, and I'll be really interested in your view on this, sales teams are often asking their leaders three questions. And mm. most often, they don't know they're consciously asking these questions, but I guarantee they're asking these questions. And the three questions are, um, first of all, can you help me? All right? Because can Frank, as a sales leader, can he help me as a sales rep selling new homes? That's the first question. Second question is, does Frank care for me? Does he genuinely care? And that's about what sort of relationships that Mm. you build. And the third question, which is probably the most important one is, can I trust you? Mm. Now, our sales reps are always asking that question. So what's, as you hear those questions, what, what's your reflection on that? What's your, what's your feedback on that? Yeah, oh, and the first one, you, you, you struck a chord with the first one straight off the rack, the, 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 the rack there, Darren. Um, the, can, the can I help you one, again, with all the three questions that you've asked, I'm massive on context. So I want to find out what the context is of each of those. In my experience, though, when I have had, and that's why I was just sort of smiling a little bit as you asked the question was, can you help me? What I don't want it to mean is um, uh, something's gone wrong. I've thrown my hands up in the air and here, here you go. Here's the 30-meter handball. Can you handball. do it for me? Can you do it for me? Here's a 30-meter handball um, and it. try to run into a, a pack of uh, players tackling them. No, that's that's <laughs> definitely what I'd, what I'd always always avoid. And, and, I, and it's interesting because I have had that um, over, over my journey is, you know, I want a sales manager or a leader that can help me. Yeah, okay, well, what does that mean? Oh, well, when this customer comes in um, uh, and I get stuck, I need you. Well, thank you, but no thanks. Because what I, what I want to do is I want to I want to empower that salesperson to be able to handle that on the spot. And um, and if that's the challenge, as we said before, when we say visibility and we say constant contact and one on ones, um, and and when we're going through KPIs for a month, yep. KPIs KPIs are obviously results, um, but but also but also a lot of the tasks that go underneath it, and this is one of them. One of the one of the things that happen is, is if, you're, if, you have, if you have a challenge, we should be talking about it weekly. That's what should be in the one-on-ones. And then the coaching, in my opinion, should be built around, well, if that's what you need help in, let's workshop that and we can have many workshops in our one-on-ones. And then your one-on-ones become um, more engaging as well because it isn't always about, okay, well, where's your number at? 
it, uh, it, it sort of morphs into, okay, well, let's just have a chat about, let's, let, let's workshop that difficult customer. So on the first one, mate, yeah, want a sales leader that helps me. Absolutely. I mean, we want to, I want to support, I want to support them, but I also love um, working with salespeople and, and coaching them into being um, running their own franchise, their own business within a business. And yep. to do that and to do that, um, I like to empower them to know how to handle the objections and the challenges they're going to get. And then the, what I can add on top of that for support is, well, you've got someone to speak to and have a support network that we can talk about our, in our one-on-one. So it becomes a conversation rather than a, here's a list of things that I need you to do because I can't do them. Yep. And it doesn't become a, tick, a, a box ticking exercise to say, hey, you've met that KPI, well done. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, there's obviously way more learns as well. And the second question, I forgot, I forgot the second and third. Uh, we just had a bit of a uh, bit of a buffering issue just then, so, so <laughs> yeah. that was a good one. <laughs> that was a good one. Tried to tried to skim over it quickly. That's, all, good. That's all right. So, um, and the other part of that is from a like from a leadership pos- positioning point of view, we've got to understand that we're always conditioning our team mm. on how to treat us. Now, one of the things I found out very early in my career was that my team tested me every single day, probably if I reflect on it for about 90 days. And I thought Mm. the best way to build uh, respect and build trust with them was to solve their problems for me. Uh, Sorry, solve their problems for them. So me Mm. being the problem solver. The problem with that is that I was conditioning them to come to me with all the problems. And so we built Mm. this environment of codependency, which I talk a lot about. Yeah. So I had to create this environment where it's okay to be there to support them. But mm. as you say, it's about how do I empower them to make the right calls? How do I give them the tools to maybe Absolutely. do some analysis before they come to me so that when they do come, we might be able to talk about a much higher level problem and mm. then develop some better solutions to that problem. So the quality of the conversation goes up. Mm. And so with that, and I guarantee that you have teams and people within your teams who and maybe making mistakes, not necessarily making every post a winner. So I'd love your perspective on making mistakes. Now, I'm not going to call this failure because I don't yeah. believe in failure because the only yeah. way we're going to fail is if we stop and we quit, right? Yeah. So we always talk about the fact that you know we're going to win sometimes, but we're going to learn lessons when we don't win. So how do you approach when, particularly when you've got pressure coming down from on high, mm. when, and I know your results are, are pretty much always relatively high but i guarantee you there's been time in your career where <laughs> it's low, it yeah. probably hasn't been <laughs> there's um, low times always has yeah. how how do you deal with uh difficult times where the pressure's coming down from on high putting pressure on you and your team are not necessarily performing as well as they could be and they're making mistakes they're not getting the results uh, and i guess the question is how do you approach mistake making and for want of a better term how do you approach what's your philosophy around failure Philosophy of failure is definitely one I'll, I'll, I'll start with. Um, philosophy, if I have a new salesperson that starts in my team, the first thing that I ask them to do is to make, is to make some mistakes. So get out there and get your hands dirty, speak to some customers. And, and here's the point. We're not going to, you'll, you'll never put an unqualified salesperson out there um, to, to, to make dramatic mistakes or to make, it's a salesperson. So what I like to say is, any, any salesperson really has uh, the ability to bring and see and hear a, a, a buyer, if you want to call it, or a client, prospective client, and they know 
the business that they work for, even if, even if you've just started working at that, um, at that business. So what I empower my team when they first start is, is just join those two together and make some mistakes as you go. And the mistakes are you're going to get asked a question that you don't know the answer to. You're going to get asked some technical questions. You're going to get asked some process questions. And it's about, it's about being vulnerable and saying that, that the, you, you need to get back to that client, but just making those mistakes because you learn quicker from them. So you're always going to, it's the fail fast method, I guess. The quicker you fail, the, the, the quicker you find out you know, what, you need to, what you need to work on to get better. So that's, yep. that's definitely my philosophy on it. But yeah, I'm, I'm massive on just getting your hands dirty and, and, and making mistakes because you're going to learn pretty quick from them. And then also for me as the sales leader, it also shows me pretty quickly um, what, areas, what areas do I need to work on with you right now to get you up to speed. Um, but then, but then, Darren, we also come back to you know preparation. If you have good preparation, if you have a good business, where um, as a sales leader and as a as a, as a business, you have a good um, you know training and onboarding. Or training and onboarding is really just another word for for, for preparation. If you yep. if your salespeople are prepared with what they need to know, um, the rest the rest we sort out. You know, yep. if we're dealing with people, we're people. We're dealing with yep. clients that want to buy something, a product or a service. And I've always, always, always thought that. That's not the hard part. Seeing someone that wants your product, that's, that's probably one of the easiest things. And, and knowing your product as well, you're going to get there with the, the technical terms. But being able to see that, um, that, that, that join between a, a, a client and your product or service, get out there, speak to people, make some mistakes, and we're going to learn from it pretty quickly. Absolutely. Because it's, it's really interesting, the number of sales leaders that I talk to, where they live in an environment where it's almost frowned upon to make mistakes it's like we don't mm. make mistakes here we are <laughs> we are a perfect organization it's almost like disneyland right mm. where mm. nothing nothing ever is a problem and yeah. it, nobody learns from that and so i often get uh, clients to ask their team as part of their reflection or part of their one-on-ones not what have you achieved this week that's always part of the conversation but hey mm. what's your what's your biggest mistake this week what did you try this week that didn't work so I want mm. them to start reflecting on mistakes, and I and it's not to say go out and 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 to, and make mistakes because that's the, no, that's the intention. Correct. It's right. a case of well, the only as you said, the only way we can get better mm. is to push ourselves beyond our comfort zone, to learn something, to work out what works and what doesn't work, and then re-implement. Now, as long as yeah. we're not repeating the mistakes over and over again, absolutely then it's all good. Because the only way we can grow is to learn what works and what doesn't work. I was just gonna. I was just gonna add to it, mate. And, and it's it's the further to the philosophy of making mistakes. Part of it. Part of it is is that we we, we learn from it, and you don't make the same mistake twice. Yeah. Um. And and if you're improving as well, because sometimes it's not we don't snap our fingers and we and we fix a mistake sometimes as well. Sometimes it might take some coaching and training. But yeah. if you're always improving and you're always building upon your last encounter or your last mistake or your last challenge. Yep. If, you, if you're developing and you're improving, that's exactly the sign that you want to see. Absolutely. Which leads on to another really interesting topic, which is yeah. often when mistakes are made, it will uh, presuppose there'll be therefore some challenging conversations that we need to have. <laughs> and these could, be, these could end, up, end up leading to performance management, not that we want to talk about that yeah. today, but yeah. let's just talk about it in the, con- in the context of feedback. Yeah. One of the things I've noticed a lot of sales leaders don't do well enough is lean in when they need to lean in and have that difficult, challenging feedback-based conversation when they need to have it. Too yeah. many organizations let it get just slip through to the keeper and say, oh, we'll do yeah. that at the six-month formal review. How important for you as a sales leader is 
immediate feedback. Now, whether that's positive feedback, but certainly what I want to get out of this is when you've got to have that challenging conversation where a mistake has been made, what's, how do you approach that? And how important is it? Massively important. I've, I've worked on challenging conversations and educating myself for years. And, and I still do now because no matter how much you know about a challenging conversation, you can never be too prepared for one, because there's, I've found in my, in my um, experience that there's, there's always something you, you just don't know what's going to happen in a challenging conversation, which makes it exciting in a way. But um, my, my, um, my angle of, of feedback, and you said there it's got to be constant, you, nothing should ever be a surprise. That's what I've learned. And one of my leaders have taught me this yet. Nothing should ever be a surprise for me or the salesperson I'm working with, which means that you've got to be constantly talking about the happenings of the day, the week, the month. And yes, Darren, you are right. It's in both terms. It's good and bad. What, yeah. I, what I probably dislike about, about that is, is maybe sales leaders that um, probably turn on the, turn on the praise um, too much and just because. I don't, I don't think that's necessary. Because you, you want to be real and you want to be authentic. When we do win, we do win and we celebrate it um, professionally. And, and, and when we're not, we're, it's a learn and, and we're yep. working on. And then that forms part of your workshop. So by the time you get to a challenging conversation for me, Darren, I'd like to be able to sit there with any of the salespeople I work with and say, hey, you obviously know that we've had these chats for a while now it's because it's not a surprise. We, we've spoken about it. It's been last month, the two months, three months before, and we've worked on it. And then it makes it a lot easier to put into context to say, well, this, and, and you'd be surprised that the salesperson is also prepared for it as well, because um, it, it's, it's not a surprise and it's not a shock. Hard conversations end up going dramatically bad when you surprise someone with something that they didn't know and they become defensive automatically. And I can't, I can't blame someone for doing that because that's on me. If I haven't prepared 100%. them for what I'm, if I haven't prepared them for what I'm going to speak about, I need to take that on the chin and wear it. That of yeah. course, they're not going to be happy about it. Yeah. And Darren, you know what, even if I do prepare someone as well, as well as I can and have constant feedback, there is a very, very high chance that they still won't be happy with what I'm delivering or what the yeah. business is delivering. But at least I know that when I walk away from that conversation, I've done everything I can fairly for that person to be able to take on that feedback. Yeah. And I'm sure you've experienced this and I certainly have the feedback conversation, which is not pleasant, but unfortunately mm. is tainted with uh, the opinion of your sales leader. And so <laughs> when it comes to feedback, it's such an important point mm. that we've got to separate the person from the behavior. Because here's the thing, that if the person knew better, do you reckon they would do better? Yeah. <laughs> because often the yeah. mistakes are made because there's this blind spot that they have, right? And this mm. goes back to not necessarily saying it's a weakness. It's just unfamiliar. So as us as sales leaders, and you're so right, and it doesn't, it should never be a surprise. You yeah. should never sit down with anybody at a performance review whether it be the three-month or six-month or, God forbid, the 12-month, and say, hey, Frank, uh, remember back in March of 2020, um, <laughs> you made this mistake. And we're going to talk about this as do that, mate. That is the that is Terrible. the worst way to build any level of respect. Terrible. Doing it on a regular basis and doing it almost in the moment when you need to is the yeah. best way to answer one of those three questions about can I trust you? Because you know, because yeah. you reckon your team, your team member is going to know that perhaps they've made a mistake they're probably having some conversations yep. with themselves and, yep. and maybe being relatively self-critical about that. They mm. know they've made the mistakes. They don't mm. need you to tell them they've made no. the mistake. What they need us to do is 
help them through that, help them take what is the seed of the opportunity from this mistake? What mm. is the lesson here that we can take and use the platform to get better yeah. so that we don't repeat it, but we use it as a lesson to grow. And if we can do that, guess what? Your level of respect goes up and the level of trust that people have in you goes up. And more people are prepared to have those conversations because they're authentic. They know they're not going to be blamed and they know they're not going to be criticized. Yeah. So, mate, I'm glad you're on the same page. So, great, yeah, great. great, great advice. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Now, as we, um, as we sort of start to wrap up, I want to talk about um, the importance of uh, the people you surround yourself with. Mm. Now, I talk a lot about masterminding and not so much masterminding in terms of let's get into a paid program and let's learn from these gurus and experts. Yeah. But be really conscious of the people that you surround yourself with because there was a podcast I recorded last week and a post on LinkedIn where I talked about that it's often lonely at the top. Mm-hmm. And my experience in working with a lot of sales leaders and certainly senior sales leaders is when they're working in a very competitive environment, and sometimes this is competitive in terms of the industry, but in often cases, it's also competitive internally within the organization. Yeah. And very seldom do these have people within the organization who they can turn to and let's be honest, be vulnerable in quote unquote, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and so we've got to find people who we can confide in and, and trust. Yep. So I'd love, I'd love your take on, on how important it is to surround yourself with good people, to have in your what we call the inner circle and, and what is it they can actually do for you? What's, what's your view on that? Darren, probably one of the, the most important things to me, and I, I didn't realize how important it was to me until you sort of have some realizations about your career and how it's going and, and how much support um, that, that, that you need from, from, from somebody, yeah? Um, I was lucky enough that I, I, I'd met that person sort of five, six years ago, and we worked together, and, um, and, and we've been supporting each other ever since. We don't work together in the same organization, but still in the same industry. And um, pleasantly enough, we, we, we still have... Um, extended that relationship probably even stronger now that we don't work together so I definitely miss um, having that person with me at my organization because it's easier you're talking about relevant people you know that the people that you're speaking about and it becomes really easy to have a conversation and you're like-minded uh, obviously that's what draws you to that person is you're, you're like-minded um, got to be very careful as, as well too and I think this is a little bit of um, you know sort of self-discipline to find someone and and re debrief on the conversations that you have to make sure that they're constructive yeah because you can find a support person that you're both you're both ready to jump out of uh, out of out of a balcony with a, with a parachute um I was, well, sometimes without, without a parachute. I was just gonna say without one but I thought I'd be politically correct and say with one um, but you know what I mean. Um, that's that's and that's really important because you don't want um, you don't want to find something that's poisonous and that's gonna that's gonna be not um, you know beneficial <clears throat> to have chats about. So really, really grateful that I, that, I, that I've met I've met a person. But if I could give any advice to anyone, you, you definitely do need someone. Um, and if you're lucky enough to find them in the industry, oh sorry, the the business that you're working, great. Um, doesn't have to be. And then Darren, I mean, not because I'm speaking to you right now, but yep. I mean, you and I have forged the relationship of 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 this of this very um, fact, yep. even so much as last week, you know, I, I, I was thinking in my head about who, who, who could possibly be going through the challenge that I'm, I'm going through. I'm sitting there and thinking and thinking and thinking the corporate challenges. And I go, oh, Darren Mitchell's at, at in corporate for, for over 20 years. I think um, I'm pretty sure he knows a thing or two about it. And, yep. and you did, and you did. And we had a chat about it and it wasn't about calling someone that was going to agree with me because, you know, sometimes, sometimes we don't, Darren, sometimes, you know, you and I don't, don't agree, but, um, me getting the perspective of what you've already been through 
in a, in, a, in a corporate world and then advising me. And I think it's also with, and especially what, what you're um, professional with as well, is your, your advice isn't um, you should do this yep. um, or you have to do this. Yep. It's, it's a, you're, 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 challenging, you're challenging my mindset to think about it a certain way. So I think what's really important is, is that, um, you know, and you're not in my industry and, and you might, um, you know, you, there might be things that, um, that, that you might not understand about the, the ins and outs of the industry, but it doesn't matter because that's not what we're speaking about. We're yep. speaking about leadership. We're speaking about relationships. We're speaking about being, you know, the best leader that I can be. And they're all things that, you know, you and I can speak about. So yeah, if, if it's someone within your industry, great within your business, even better, um, but not taking away you know, the relationship that you and I have, which is from out of the industry, yep. um, it just needs to be a positive one and, and from the right, coming from the right place with some really good advice. I think, and I think that's a really key point. It's coming from the right place because mm. um, a lot of people sort of look for a mentor with a, with a, how do I describe this? With a degree Mate. of trep- trepidation or that, yeah. And they, they think, well, if I go to somebody within my own organization, there's kind mm. of, uh, there's kind of an alignment there, but there might be my direct line management. Um, how vulnerable can I be with them? How honest can I be with them? Right? Mm. Can I can I trust them? Coming back to one of those three questions we talked about earlier. So to be able to find somebody who you can confide in, who you can use as a sounding board, mm. who's not going to be there to give you advice or tell you what to do, but simply yeah. maybe listen, ask you questions, yeah. and help help you see things from a different perspective where they don't necessarily have anything to gain from the conversation, but they're there purely to help and Mm. to contribute and to serve, then that's somebody who you need to be able to find and hang on to because it's quite rare. Absolutely. And that's the person that I found sort of six, seven years ago within, within the business I was working with her and I, we, um, we, we, we support each other and we have those conversations, conversations. We challenge, each other to think differently about a, a scenario, and more importantly, is is sometimes it sometimes it can, and to be vulnerable here and to, to admit it, sometimes it can go down a, a poisonous path. And it's yep. about and what we do really well um, between between you know, the colleague and, and I is to stop and prop and say, hey, we're 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 going down we're going down the wrong path. It's not helpful. Um, and then to be able to turn and pivot there and say, okay, well, no, we need to we need to find a way to make this work. We need to find a way. Um, that it is going to work and then finding all the positive parts of it. Then when you have someone to share that with and you feel, um, you feel, again, I feel empowered as well that I've got someone to share it with. We're like-minded. Um, and we've, you've, solved, you've solved the mini solution. I'm now ready to then deliver that to my people. So yeah. that's, I guess, my preparation before I go out and see my people. Yes, brilliant. Awesome. Love it. Love it. So, mate, as a, a final question for you, and this is yep. a question without notice, like every other question. <laughs> like like all of them today. It's been a bit random, but that's all good. This is, this is how we work here. Because we, um, we, we do this a lot, you and I, we just talk and an hour's <laughs> gone talk. and bang, yeah. there you go. Um, if you had somebody in front of you right now, and this mm. person is either brand new to sales leadership or relatively new to sales leadership, if there was one uh, piece of wisdom you could pass on to them that would help them maybe not necessarily become an instant superstar, but certainly accelerate their development into sales leadership and becoming really towards being coming exceptional. What would that piece of gold or piece of advice be? Um, look, oh, I love this question because what goes through my mind is about 15 things, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you've asked me for one. Um, look, I think, I think, I think last time, if I, if I remember correctly, I think, we did end on, on this topic last time, which is a really good one. I think we said communication last time. 
um, and preparing yourself because everything's about timely communication. What I'd like to add to that um, for this time round would be um, de- debriefing debriefing your interactions and relationships with people, thinking it from their perspective um, instead of always um, thinking about um, what have I done? How did I do? Um, how's this? How's this affect me? Um, it's more how is the how is the interaction or the relationship that I have with my sales consultant? How do they perceive me? How would they best ex, um, describe me? What do they need from me? And just reflecting on 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 the relationship with your people because they're all they're all different um, and they all have they all have different nuances as well and different pros and cons. Um, what how am I? How am I leading that person, and what is their perspective of what I'm doing well and what I'm not doing well? So just really taking a debrief on the results that I'm giving this person from their point of view. What do they want from me? Yep. And if I could sum that in one word, become like a chameleon because you're going to have different people Perfect. in your team who are going to think differently, act differently, and therefore they need to be led differently. So, Perfect. mate, awesome Perfect. way to finish off. Great, great piece of advice. Thanks, my man. So. Uh, now, if people, because I know we've got a lot of listeners who are interested in sales leadership and finding all things about uh, sales and sales leadership, if people want to connect with you, what's the best place to connect with the Mr. Frank Grillo? <laughs> LinkedIn's always a good one. Frank Grillo <laughs> on, um, on LinkedIn. Thank you, mate. Um, also, also our website, Frank, um, frankgrillo.com.au, where you can sort of send me a message and you can interact that way. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's the best way, Darren. Mate. Hey, thanks a lot for uh, jumping on yet again. It's four months gap. The gap <laughs> has been too long. We need to do this more often. And thanks, um, man. As, uh, so if you guys are uh, interested in uh, learning a bit more about Frank, as he said, go to LinkedIn or certainly jump onto frankgrillo.com.au. Lots of great information there. And he didn't say this, but he's also got a, an Instagram page as well. So <laughs> I think it's what sales, sales performance. How, what's your tag? Uh, I think it's FG Sales Performance. FG Sales Performance. Just and can you can you search Frank Grillo in in Instagram and they'll be able to find that. Yeah, absolutely. Frank it comes up under Frank Grillo. Yeah. Cool. Because I love I love the work you're doing there, mate. So Thanks. and as a as a reminder, if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast on the platform you're listening to, simply press subscribe. Or if you're listening on the Apple platform, I think it's now follow. Do yourself a favor and do that so that we can let you know when new episodes are up and running. And uh, with that said. Thanks, Frank, once again, for jumping on the Exceptional Sales Leader podcast. And to all you you. listeners, thank you so much for plugging in. I hope this has delivered value, and I hope this is enough to want you to come back and listen to yet another episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Leader podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.